You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. We have one game left. Uh, Adrian won't be available. He has a, a shoulder injury that he's going to have to get addressed after the season. Happened in the first half Saturday. He's such a tough kid. I, I didn't expect him to play in the second half, and he came up to me right, right before the second half kickoff and said he wanted to go. Played well, played tough. Feel terrible for him, uh, but appreciate him, and uh, we're going to have to be without him Friday. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a warrior. He's... It's come out about how he's been battling through stuff all season. He's a warrior, and can't say enough good things about him. But he's 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 a, he's a, he's the leader of this team. Yeah, uh, Logan and and Harburg are both uh, taking reps, and we'll get them ready. Uh, they they both done some really good things uh, in practice. Logan's done some really good things in the game, and I, I got confidence. In and welcome here to this edition of the Husker Online Show. This pre-Thanksgiving Black Friday edition. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett. First of all, wishing everybody a safe, happy holiday. Hopefully you're traveling somewhere right now, listening to the Husker Online show, traveling safely. Should have great weather mm-hmm. for Black Friday, for Thanksgiving, for potential outdoor Thanksgiving family football games. We don't do that. I don't have enough guys to do like a – Yeah, no, it would be me playing with like a bunch of like women – so no, but <laughs> which there's nothing wrong with that, but they, they don't have any interest in playing backyard football is more what I'm getting. We at. might go see like a Pixar movie on Thanksgiving night or something fun, but happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Um, this is our 361st straight week of doing the Husker online show, Robin, by the way, it's amazing how many weeks we've been doing this show together. And you know, you heard from Scott Frost off the top, no shortage of news. This one, you thought three and eight, they make staff changes. That's one thing. There's transfer portal things coming. That's another thing. Adrian Martinez out for the Iowa game in kind of a bombshell in the way it was delivered on Monday from Scott Frost. Typically, he's a it will be a game-time decision. They would even have dressed him up and put him out there. Um, but my read is he needs surgery, and he's probably having surgery any day on that shoulder, and there was really no way that they were going to string this one out. And it was already getting out on underground message boards and social media places on Monday. Mm-hmm. And he just got in front of him and said, yep, he's out, and we're going to play Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg. Yeah, I'm sure he would have liked to have kept it uh, you know, under the vest a little bit. But uh, in today's time, that's harder than ever to do, uh, especially with this situation. And, you know, you also got to look at it where uh, it's still unknown about what is next for Adrian Martinez. And if he's, you know, if he comes back to Nebraska or if he's going to go play somewhere else next year, uh, it was important probably to begin the recovery process with the, the surgery and rehab and all that as soon as possible to make sure that he is ready to go 100% by the time uh, next spring football rolls around. Uh, because, you know, like I said, it could be here, it could be somewhere else. Uh, but, you know, he's he's kind of got to look ahead a little bit beyond just getting through uh, the Iowa game in a season that uh, really has no postseason aspirations anymore. Well, in some ways... I mean, if you're Logan Smothers, this is an audition for you. No doubt. And let's be honest. I mean, if you're a betting guy right now, probably the odds say Adrian Martinez is moving on. I mean, maybe he's coming back, but if he's coming back, they're bringing in somebody else, and they're going to probably give somebody some fresh blood and a new look to win that job. So um, for Logan Smothers, he's got to put a good effort out there, and maybe Heinrich Harbert gets an opportunity, but – Whoever is the guy, and we think it's going to be Smothers most of the way, um, this is your chance to to make a statement against Iowa um, in Memorial Stadium. It's going to be beautiful weather on Friday, 
and you can show what you can do. Um, and, and, you know, maybe, you know, put yourself in this conversation for the starting job in 2022. I mean, so he's been here for two years now, but his experience in the games uh, has been minimal to say the least. So this is his opportunity to, he gets uh, the start, you know, against a division rival to go out there and, you know, try to showcase what he can bring to the table. And, Win or lose, uh, how he plays will go a long way into setting the tone for where he stands in that quarterback room going into the offseason and, and how aggressive. I mean, I think it's kind of un, un, no-brainer that Nebraska is going to go get a transfer quarterback, but you know, how aggressive are they going to be in, in going after an elite-level guy? Or uh, And I think some of that is going to have to do with their faith in Logan Smothers. And all the talk when you talk to the coaches about them uh, or about Logan is that he's he's – you know, got all these tools. They really like him, but he just doesn't have experience. Well, now he's going to get that experience and how he handles this opportunity, I think is going to go like a long way. Like I said, for, for setting the table for his chances going into 22. Well, let's talk about Adrian Martinez. I mean, this is a guy that you heard Scott Frost say he was surprised that he came back into the game at Wisconsin left for two plays. Logan Smothers essentially ran a wildcat on one. And I don't know if he kneeled the second one or just ran a wildcat on the second one. No, they, he ran one and then they handed it off to step and that was it. And so he, he came out and I, you know, I remember the boards were outraged because that was his fifth game of experience. But you heard Frost say they thought Martinez was done. His shoulder popped and they clearly gave him some pain kill pillar or some killer to get him ready to go and he wanted to come back out and play one more half of football and he did everything he could to win that game for Nebraska but you could see the shortcomings of that arm you know that second interception not the one that um, Oliver Martin underran mm-hmm. you know he had no feel of that ball and that throw it, it just kind of like it. it just kind of spray I mean it was one of the worst throws of his career mm-hmm. um, just threw it up to a great secondary for a free pick um, and I My feeling is if he would have tried to gut it out, it would have been a really ugly version of Adrian Martinez, and he didn't deserve that. I mean, this guy has done everything he can the last four years, and it's unfortunate it's had to end the way it did um, because he's gotten Nebraska in some great positions this year, and they've unfortunately come short. Well, and again, it's uh, the other factor is that it's against an Iowa defense that, just like last week, is extremely physical and with Nebraska's running back situation and um, you know Adrian not being able to throw the ball, if he plays, he's going to have to run it. And now you're risking potentially injuring that shoulder even more and setting back your recovery time even further uh, that I'm sure played into this decision uh, as well. So yeah, it's, it's certainly unfortunate, but um, you know, you could tell that uh, Adrian was, was not himself in that second half and there was clearly something wrong um, with his ability to throw. And I thought it was interesting too, uh, we were talking with you know Andy Candy from Channel Seven, and you know they were filming the players as they walk off the field, and he was saying that just looking at Adrian's body language, he looked like a guy that had just played his last game, and I thought that was interesting. It was like, well, I mean, he's got one more, obviously, but you know, he just kind of was like looking around at the fans, you know, and, and almost was like kind of relishing it a little bit, as if you know this this was this the last it. time. This and is so it. Certainly now, you you add into uh, Monday's news that kind of uh, adds to that a little bit more. Yeah, it will be uh, interesting where that all goes and how quickly things move. Um, because if he does have a torn labrum, that's an extensive four- to six-month recovery. Mm-hmm. So how attractive of a transfer portal guy is he if he's not going to be available in the spring? Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you just wonder you know, what his options are. He's got plenty of game repetitions, um, but when you can't play somewhere in the spring, it's hard to transfer. So 
Um, that story is not over yet and kind of where things go uh, with Adrian Martinez. He will more than likely walk at senior day uh, with a number of guys. We'll talk about that more in our next segment about the seniors and kind of the, the decisions they have ahead. Um, but no doubt a curveball from Scott Frost right off the bat. Also, Ramir Johnson um, more than likely out again. Jacques Yant served a what my read was an in-house suspension, so they were out without their top two running backs in that game against Wisconsin too. So there was a lot to to leave Madison, um, you know, wondering. But man, they did that, Robin, a quarterback with probably a torn labrum and without his two top running backs, and they put up the most yards on Wisconsin since two thousand eight when Scott Frost went for over, I think, over five hundred that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they they had passed. Wisconsin season season average for uh, you know yards allowed in the first half and ended up doubling uh, their, their more than their doubling season average yeah so I mean it was an impressive performance especially when you consider all those factors and but you know like once again uh, they did everything right except win the game and that's been the story of this year when we come back we'll talk about seniors the decisions they face and more next you're listening here to the Husker Online Show hi it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online we all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing but they also can be amazingly distracting especially when we're around other people so US Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five that's right A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. We got a bunch of guys getting ready to walk for senior day, and and we're going to let some walk that still are going to make a decision after senior day whether they're going to get two senior days or one. A lot of guys we'd love to see come back again, and uh, I think it's smart for those guys to probably uh, celebrate senior day and then put their toe in the water and, and check and see what their status would be and make a good decision. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Head coach Scott Frost talking about the interesting decisions that face a lot of Nebraska players here after this Iowa game, but before we get to that, This segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by Tanner's Bar and Grill in Lincoln and Omaha. We were in Tanner's in Madison and Middleton and the same ownership group of Nebraska also owns that one. It was an awesome scene on Saturday night um, where hundreds of Nebraska fans were in there watching the Bud Crawford fight. We got to see the hometown guy get the win. Um, And you know Tanner's will be a great spot to go this weekend as well, Robin. Uh, They'll have the Nebraska-Iowa game on at 1230. They'll have the volleyball on. They've had all the BTN Plus basketball broadcasts on if you're trying to watch those games and NFL games as well as all the college actions. So check out Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill, 30th and Yankee Hill in Lincoln and multiple locations all across Omaha. They are the segment sponsor here of the Husker Online Show. But Robin, let's talk seniors and decisions. And we've already kind of hit on Adrian Martinez in our opening segment and kind of what he faces. And, you know, I just... I'm so intrigued how that's going to go because honestly, you know, if he's going to transfer somewhere, maybe he'll, he can't necessarily contact teams himself, but what ends up happening are feelers get put out to people that know people. And then you kind of know um, if it makes sense to go on the portal. Um, If he has logical options, you know, maybe he moves on at that point. I don't know. And I think a lot will depend on the injury and what the status of this injury is. I mean, because if it's a full labor, that's a, that, that's a second one, by the way. Mm-hmm. 
because the one he had in high, high school, school. Yeah, yeah, missed, missed his senior year. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that certainly, like I, I'm sure, as we mentioned before, it played into the decision to to not go ahead and play this week and just get get the jump on uh, doing what he needs to do to to start that recovery process. But yeah, I mean, I guess depending on the extent of that injury could impact what options are on the table for him because there's going to be a lot of schools that, especially at the quarterback position. They're going to go out and, and get a guy, especially a, a one-year rental player uh, like Adrian would be. They want him there for the whole offseason, to go through all of spring, to go through all of summer, and have as much command and understanding of their offense as possible. Now, to Adrian's credit, he's as experienced as any player in the country uh, as far as um, you know running an offense at the highest level. But uh, there's always going to be a, a transition and acclimation period at a new spot. I mean, just getting to know your offense and your receivers and your offensive line and all that stuff. So uh, if he's not available to hit the ground running day one of spring ball, that might take some potential uh, other destinations off the table as they go and try and find some that will be ready day one. A lot of coaching changes, though, and there'll be a lot of new head coaches in college football looking for fresh blood yep. at the quarterback spot. You know, some other ones that intrigue me on their status long term. Marquis Step, I'm just going to go through a few names here. Uh, Marquis Step, what, what's his outlook long term if he's not the guy? But can, can he transfer again if he wanted to because he's already used the one time transfer rule? So mm -hmm. that's a guy that's got something to think about. Um, at receiver, Oliver Martin, you know, if, if he's not going to play and th doesn't sit favorably, but he can he transfer again? If he's like, could he go to a fourth Big Ten school? I, I I don't. Omar Manning, I would expect to be back. Um, you know, he he's shown flashes. Yeah, he's in a good spot. Um, and for the future, Travis Volkel, like Austin Allen, two guys that I would think will walk at senior day, but have to kind of wait it out. I would imagine Volkelek's coming back, right? I think so too. Um, but I, I think those are two guys that will walk at senior day. Um, none of the junior offensive linemen, unless they just want to be done, like. Wouldn't be surprised if Matt Sichterman, who is a fifth year and make could make six figure money in the in the career world, might hang yeah, it up this year. He's already got like a job at Huddle right now, so like he's 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 got other opportunities beyond football. I'm so sure that's one that intrigues me, and you know, like Brock Mando and Trent Hickson, if they don't think they're going to start next year, do those guys want to come back for a six year, or would they want to go the Bo Wilson route? Because if you're going to come back and play a six year of college football, you better better play. Better play. I mean, so <laughs> out there to provide depth as a 23, 24 year old dude. On the defensive line, Jordan Riley, I would expect him back, but you just never yeah. know. Uh, DeAndre Thomas, I would think, comes back. Uh, Damian Daniels, um, that's one that has a decision, but I think he's leaning towards coming back. And then Chris Walker, another guy that. You know, he could just say, you know what, I'm going to move on. But he's such good friends with Damian Jackson. Damian Jackson is coming back for six years as well. Yeah. I mean, Daniels, I think of of those, like, guys that could make a jump to the NFL, he strikes me as the, the most likely Vincent Valentine to return. Type. Yeah. I mean, I think he if he decided to put his name in there, I think he would have – a chance, but I think personally he would be much better served, especially with the way that his season ended this year, to come back and try to build that stock even further. Yeah, no, no juniors at linebacker. I don't think you got to worry about. Honus is coming back. Uh, Kalarvik and uh, Val Magua. Um, yeah, I would expect them both back. Um, Caleb Tanner, I would expect back. I don't know what the injury was he suffered. Yeah, I think I think he was coming back either way. And then Payne's back. Feldarius. Yeah, and he, he's going to be out too, uh, Frost and Firm that, so he'll miss the last two games so of the season. Tanner so Tanner and Payne or just, just – He didn't mention Tanner. He mentioned Payne. He confirmed Payne was going to be out. 
And that's too bad because he came out of the gates. And then, you know, the other guy, Robin, I would say to watch is Cam Taylor Britt. Mm-hmm. I think he's gone. He's got the Senior Bowl invite. I also did not mention um, Cam Jurgens. He technically has a decision on his hands too. Yeah, I I know we've talked about that before, but you know, I. I wouldn't. I'd be surprised personally if he moved on. But it sounds like at least people that that know Cam and his family that uh, he's hearing some some things that might suggest that his opportunities to potentially move on are are better than some people might be giving him credit for. Yeah, and the thing is, they don't. They, I think they give you a grade of one, two, or three, first round, second round, third round. They don't really say you're a sixth or seventh round because I do think. Once you start throwing those late grades on, there's so much margin for error right. on that projection. Absolutely. I mean, look, look at – I'll throw an example. Kay Johnson from South Dakota State, mm-hmm. he, he got a senior bowl invite and you know could have gone into the Big Ten and played during the pandemic season, chose not to once he got a senior bowl invite. And everyone just assumed Kay Johnson was going to get drafted, um, and he didn't. And you know, so you just never know when you're on that day three – you know, you can easily be like Luke Gifford or Divino Zigbo and not get drafted. Yeah, and so it's it's a risk, and I don't know. I mean, I think that Cam's got – he's another one of those guys where, in my opinion, another year would do him a lot of good because then – I mean, he's he's already firmly on the, on the map as far as Big Ten offensive linemen, but I think if he's able to elevate his game, uh, I mean, he's he could put himself in the conversation to be – at some level of a, of a potential all-conference player. And if you're able to do that, then your stock skyrockets. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we talk some offensive storylines against Iowa. One thing I'll say, Robin, Nebraska's offensive line last week played a lot better against Wisconsin. And Wisconsin blitzed on 22 of 36 pass dropbacks, and they did not allow a sack. So hats off to this offensive line. They played a lot better last week. Um, they're going to need those guys to play again, though, big again uh, against Iowa. Yeah, I think the the difference was Wisconsin had to blitz to get pressure because uh, when they were trying to just rush four, like so many other teams have been able to do so successfully, uh, they weren't getting anywhere. And Adrian was having a clean pocket to maybe sit back there and pick them apart. That's why they were able to hit those big plays early because Wisconsin, Wisconsin was just dropping guys back. Adrian had all day, and those routes were able to develop. Torrey get open, whoever, and they were able to capitalize. And so Wisconsin quickly learned that they had to start creating uh, some some other forms of pressure, and so they started throwing blitz after blitz at him. And like you mentioned, uh, the O-line still was able to hold up. That was probably their best day of pass protection as we've seen, certainly in Big Ten play. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk defensive storylines. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Yeah, this this rivalry, I think it means everything. I know our guys want to win. They want to win a game in the last stretch here, but they want to win this one. This game's got a trophy involved. Anytime there's a trophy involved, it's a special it's a special football game. Um, obviously, for me growing up in that state, there's a lot of people that I know they are going to be cheering for Iowa, which is, you know, obviously adds a little um, fuel to the fire. Um, there's going to be a lot of people I know in that state that are going to be cheering for Nebraska, and I know that they're wearing black shirts gear to the game and or to the bar or wherever they're watching the game, and they're going to take a lot of heat. And I know they're doing that for me and, and for the Huskers, so that means a lot. Yeah, I think there's, um, you know, a little uh, just, I guess, more hatred that goes towards each other, um, you know, on both sides of the ball. So, you know, it's just, just a little extra that goes into the game for sure. 
And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washa. That was defensive coordinator Eric Chenander and defensive end Ben Stilley talking about just what this Iowa game means, uh, no loss love. They all tend to play nice on the coaching podium as Scott Frost will really compliment Kirk and Brian Ferentz and Eric Chenander played with Brian and played under Kirk. So there's definitely a public form of mutual respect, but both these guys want to beat each other. I mean, that's really, really evident. Uh, before we get into that topic, um, this segment of the Husker Online Show is brought to you by the 2022 Aer Lingus College Football Classic in Dublin, Ireland, uh, as Nebraska will take on Northwestern in Week 0 in Aviva Stadium in Dublin, Ireland, and it is getting close to the holidays. You're kind of saying, what do I get, Dad? What do I get um, that special person in my life for Christmas? Well, I'll tell you right now. Give the gift of Ireland to your parents, your siblings, or your sons. They'll experience a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip exploring the beautiful and majestic Ireland while cheering on the beloved Huskers. Check it out all at Huskers2Ireland.com as uh, time is getting closer and closer to August of 2022. You want to get rolling on this, especially uh, with our promo right now of Give the Gift of Ireland. Well, Robin, um, let's talk more about this game against Iowa um, because the Hawkeyes have owned this thing. I mean, ever since Bo Pelini left and Sean Eichhorst popped off his mouth about um, the win over Ireland had nothing to do with why he fired Bo Pelini, Iowa's won every one of these things. Yeah, and it's been one of those series that's, especially frustrating because Nebraska's come so close in several of those games to winning, but for one way or another, Iowa ends up getting the last laugh with walk-off field goals or last-second turnovers or whatever it may be. So it's been uh, one of those where, you know, when Nebraska first joined the conference, it kind of felt like a little bit of a force deal where, like, you know, we're going to make this a trophy game and uh, before they even play a game as conference opponents. Uh, but I mean, the the geography obviously helped, but when you add in the way that this series has gone and then Iowa having the bragging rights for as long as they have since 2014, uh, it has not taken long for Nebraska fans to, I think, really embrace Iowa as a rival. And, you know, really, when you look at it, Iowa's right there as kind of the the bar of what Nebraska needs to get past before they become, uh, you know, a true just division contender and conference contender and you know i was always going to be there they're not going to change who they are they're always going to be right there towards the top of the division so for nebraska to get to where it wants to be beating iowa is a crucial first step to doing that you're listening here to the husker online show and you talk about just this season robin there's been nothing i mean it's the only thing to hang your hat on is a magical night against northwestern and a bunch of moral victories mm-hmm. and how about a real victory you know if nebraska somehow were to pull this out with Logan Smothers, that would be a boost that Nebraska hasn't had in an offseason since Scott Frost has been here. You know, you can argue his first year they went 4-2 and two down the stretch, but they still lost to Iowa. And there's just something about when you lose that last game of the season. Now, last year they beat Rutgers late in December uh, because they played Iowa earlier on the Big Ten schedule. Um, but just something about the last game, you know, what it means kind of for your offseason – especially against a team that's really dominated you. And this is – Iowa – granted, Martinez, when he was healthy, Nebraska was favored to win this game. So that tells you something what the odds makers yeah, thought. Four and a half points. But now Iowa, I believe, is favored. Yeah. The, I think as soon as that news broke, the most of the, the books took that game 
uh, off the board and then put it back up with Iowa as a one-point favorite. So uh, Adrian Martinez himself is worth apparently five points in the eyes of Vegas. But, uh, you know, you look at the records, you know, three wins versus nine wins. Uh, it was kind of shocking to see Nebraska – being favored, but when you actually kind of examine what both these teams are, there's no reason why they shouldn't be, uh, because Nebraska's played teams that are way better than Iowa all the way until the final minute. And yes, they have not gotten the job done, and like you said, have settled for one moral victory after another. But I think just in terms of X's and O's, now this is all uh, under the assumption that they had an, a healthy Adrian Martinez. There was no reason why they couldn't have stacked up um, and gone play for play with Iowa, just like they have for each of basically the past you know, four years. And so that uh, the dynamic with Adrian changes things. It's a really uphill battle to throw in a first-year young kid starter uh, in that type of environment against that level of competition on a short week. But, you know, I think everywhere else, Nebraska should be able to hold their own. And as long as the quarterback play can at least do something, I think this could could be at least be a moderately competitive game going into the fourth quarter. I mean, the two areas though, Iowa has a significant advantage in right now. Special teams, number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a dominating edge in the return game, and they have a dominating edge in the kicking and the punting game. If that is a factor, Nebraska is not going to win this game. Well, and they force a lot of turnovers too, or at least especially and earlier so in the year. If Smothers or Harburg tries to force mm-hmm. and turns it over, Nebraska is not built to win this game on a negative turnover margin. Absolutely not, and and then you add in just the, you know, the, the lack of the traditional running game uh, with just the questions at running back. Uh, this, you know, how Nebraska's offense is able to respond to this type of a setback on, uh, like I said, a day less of preparation, uh, is really going to dictate just just what this game is. But in the other areas, the defense has to play one of their best games yet. I mean, they. They have to be able to stop the run. They cannot let Iowa dictate the flow of the game uh, and just wear them down uh, over the course of four quarters. And then special teams, the game cannot shift on a you know game-changing mistake where it's a, a big return or a block kick or whatever it may be. So if those two elements can do their part, then it's going to be up to Logan Smothers, maybe even Harburg, and the rest of that offense to be able to make enough plays to have a chance to win that thing. Well, and they're calling for a high of 62 degrees, at least early in the week for Friday, which, you know, weather shouldn't really play a huge factor in the kicking game and the passing game. So it's not going to be one of those muck it up type days. I mean, the whole playbook will be open for both teams in this game. And that's where, you know, the field position is going to matter. Absolutely. And so, you know, <laughs> Nebraska special teams has uh, directly cost them several games this year. Can they actually go win one? You know, can they go make a game-changing play? Can they block? Can they block a kick? Can they run one back? Which, you know, at this point, I'm not really holding my breath on that. But can they do something to shift the game in their favor, uh, as opposed to setting their team back? And the, the third element has been an issue all year, but that is going to be the area where Nebraska, if they're going to have a chance to win it, they have to play their best special teams game of the season. If Nebraska somehow pulls this out. I mean, there'll be guys on the field in tears. Like, oh yeah. I mean, just like hoisting the heroes game trophy at midfield. <laughs> just, <laughs> it would be just like the most dramatic. <laughs> Probably some grown men. I will be so mad if Nebraska wins this. I will be so mad they won't even want them to come over and take the trophy from the sideline. It'd be like a fight. And that was always like the worst part for Nebraska: watching Iowa sprint across and take that trophy and you know run it right around them and. Um, so, yeah, this is a big one. Uh, we'll see how Nebraska comes out of it when we come back. Avi Barmore is going to join us. We'll take your questions in the mailbag. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. 
This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Uh, you know, I think the team is in good spirits right now. Uh, you know, we're all still playing for one another. You know, with all the coaching changes and everything, you know, I feel like if we would have, that game could have gone one of two ways, I felt like, where we could have got beaten pretty badly because, you know, we wouldn't have been playing well together. You know, our coaches are gone, whatever it is. But, you know, I thought we played well together as a team. And, you know, that really showed the characters of everyone on, the, on this team. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washad, as you just heard from Turner Corcoran um, following Nebraska's loss at Wisconsin and where this team is at heading into the Black Friday showdown against Iowa. But now it's time to take your questions in the mailbag. Please to welcome in Husker Online's Abby Barmore, who's fresh in the middle of volleyball season, but joining us here on the mailbag. Abby, what do you have to lead us off with? Who do you expect to see taking the most snaps at running back against Iowa? Great question. Um you know, I'd like to say Brody Belt the way he ran the ball. I'll hedge my money on Marvin Scott, though, right now, Robin. Yeah, it's either Step or Scott for me. They both uh, had nine carries each in that Wisconsin game. Brody Belt, he had seven, and he he's actually like led the, the team in rushing with 31 yards. He's the third down back almost, it feels like, Brody Belt. He can, yeah, you know, he's so, a receiver playing running back. So whoever their like primary back is, I don't see that being like a workhorse type deal. I think they're going to mix and match all of those guys, and it'll be probably a, a hodgepodge deal because – you know, technically Ramirez day to day, but Scott basically said it's uh, unlikely that he he plays against Iowa. So what you're saying is, don't draft a Nebraska running back on your fantasy roster. This yes, week. they're like the, they're going to have like a Patriots backfield, so probably it's be split. <laughs> yeah. All right, what so, do you have next, Abby? How much do you think Nebraska's offensive game plan will change with Logan Smothers r- running it, and will they have him run with the ball more? There's no doubt it will change a little bit. They have to simplify things. Um, they have to put him in plays that he's comfortable running. And you're without Mario Verdusco, a guy that had been training in the last two years. So um, the communication and the confidence this week are going to be so big for Logan Smothers. Um, You can't put him in situations where he doesn't know what he's doing. The good thing is Iowa has run the same defense under the Parkers for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, So you know what you're going to get. Um, Nothing fancy. It's just simple 4-3. They don't even play nickel. A lot of times they'll just spread out linebackers in space. So there will be opportunities there, um, but if you make a mistake, that's when Iowa really hurts you. Yeah, that's where you don't want him just sitting back in the pocket and throwing the ball 25, 30 times. So, yes, I do think they're going to run him quite a bit, and I think a lot of that's going to be out of necessity. I mean, with their backfield situation that we just talked about, they can't just turn around and hand it off to you know a bell cow and let him take the bulk of the workload. They're going to have to have uh, that QB run game as a major part of their offense in order for this thing to work. So, you know, like it or not, Smothers is going to have to run the ball. Taking your questions here in the mailbag with Husker Online's Abby Barmore. Outside linebacker Blaze Gunnarsson was thrown into the game against Wisconsin when Caleb Tanner got injured, and he's going to play against Iowa with Feldarius Payne out. How do you think Gunnarsson played against Wisconsin? And how important is it going to be for his development during the offseason to get a lot of playing time now? What did you get? What you get on the grades there, Robin? Uh, Robin's got the pro football focus snap numbers and uh, breakdown for Blaze Gunnerson. Yeah, not not a stellar debut. He graded out overall defensively 54.5. Uh, he did register one of the higher tackling grades at 74.7. So when he was there to make a play, more often than not, he made it. But, you know, he was also a you know young guy playing his most extensive playing time of his career, and I think there was a bit of a learning curve as far as being where he needed to be more often than not. All right, what do you got next, Abby? 
Robin, the men's basketball team's ball movement has gotten better over the last few games after the offense struggled. What has been the biggest difference for them? It's Alonzo Verge, uh, and he said it himself after the game. Uh, his decision-making as the primary point guard in that offense, um, when he moves the ball, Nebraska's offense works. When he dribbles around and takes a bad shot, it does not. And so over the last two or three games, to his credit, he's done a much better job of facilitating and getting out of that scorer's mentality. And as a result, Nebraska's averaging, uh, you know, 17 assists over the last three games, including 18 the past two nights. So uh, that is the biggest difference. And it's going to be that way all season long as Nebraska is going to, you know, good or bad, live or die with uh, Alonzo Verge and, and his decision making. Against Wisconsin, Nebraska went for it on fourth down three times. One was the last play of the game, and the other two, they converted one. Do you think Nebraska's plans to become more aggressive on fourth down and avoid kicking field goals? Um, there's no doubt. I, I think they made that clear against Wisconsin. Nebraska only punted, I think, twice in that game. But once you cross, theoretically, the 40, and that's your own 40, not the opponent's 40, mm -hmm. I think all bets are off. If you're fourth and five or less – you're going to see Nebraska go for it. Now, does that change without Adrian Martinez? I mean, I think, will they be a little bit more conservative with those calls? But they don't trust the kickers. They don't trust the punters. Because, quite frankly, these guys have lost them games this year. And these are going to be close games, like always. And I think they feel like the odds are better just going for it right now than missing a field goal or shanking a punt. Well, especially against a team like Iowa, where they're, they don't do anything that jumps off the page on offense. Uh, but where they win games is with stuff like special teams, where they just wait for somebody to muff a punt or give a big, big return or they block a kick or, or something like that. So the more you can avoid being in those types of situations and keeping your offense on the field, I think Nebraska is going to lean that way just as long as it makes sense within the game. All right, we got time for a few more still. Abby, what do you have? The Huskers struggled to defend against the run against the Badgers and freshman running back Breland Allen. Now for Iowa, their running back, Tyler Goodson, is closing in on 1,000 rushing yards this season. How crucial is it going to be for Nebraska to shut down the run against the Hawkeyes? This is such a similar opponent mm -hmm. style than last week, but Braylon Allen's better. Um, I, I think when you look at the two running backs, Goodson's a good player. Allen's next level good. Yeah. And, you know, Goodson could maybe get in the NFL. Um, a lot of it's just discipline and run fits. And Nebraska was in position to make – these tackles last week, but they were too aggressive, as Eric Chenander said, with their run fits, and it led to some of those plays turning into huge plays. Yeah, those big gains where, as, as Chenander said, there was a massive humanity in the in the trenches, and all it took was one guy falling out of position, and Allen popped it to the outside and was gone. And so Goodson has that ability. He's a home run threat if you get him space. So same type of deal. You have to be able to be physical against a very good Iowa offensive line. Tyler Linderbaum is probably the best center, maybe best offensive lineman in the country. Uh, and so that's where it starts with them. And they're going to attack Nebraska, especially with the injuries they have on their defensive front seven and how Nebraska handles that physicality and executes with its tackling will dictate that game as much as anything. All right. Time for two more, Abby. Of the, of the seniors that can return next year, who do you think will come back? Mm. You know, I have a hard time. I don't know. Adrian Martinez, it just doesn't seem likely. I mean, but even if he does come back, I think Nebraska is going to bring another quarterback in here. It just feels like it's the end. I, I don't know why I'm saying that, but it just feels like, you know, he's going to be moving on. I, I don't have any inside information. That's where it's heading, but – 
Um, you know, and I don't think he's going to go pro. I think if he does something, he'll go to the transfer portal and just try one more year somewhere else. We'll see. We'll see if that's where it ends up going. I think Austin Allen has a foot out the door right now. I think, sure look like it. I think he wants to have a reason to go, and he he put up a game to go pro last week for sure. So we'll see where it goes. Now, Damian Daniels, Cam Taylor Britt's gone too. I don't think I need to bring him up. I think he's definitely going good. Damian Daniels is the one that intrigues me, and it would not surprise me if Daniels came back. Yeah, he's probably the the one questionable one just because, I mean, he started out playing really, really well. Cam Jurgens has a decision too. Yeah. The pro people tell him better stuff than the message board people. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see on that one. I think Daniels has a much better shot of actually being drafted uh, than than Cam does, but – He's kind of tailed off. I mean, I'm sure that the, whatever injury situation he's dealing with right now is part of that. But as, as far as one of those guys that has incentive to come back and try to further build that draft stock, he's probably going to gain as much from that as, as anybody on that list. All right, final question. Sean, with State High School Football in Memorial Stadium on Monday and Tuesday, what is your favorite high school football game memory? Oh, man, so many. Um, all right, well, I got a couple here, Abby, for you um, that jump out to me. Um you know, first I'll say, I don't know why, but just watching Larry Martin and what he did at Omaha North when he took that job, I, I got to know Larry in his first years going there, and he was just an unknown coach. But the program that he built there, you know, and with the challenges he faces in North Omaha and the resources mm-hmm. um, to be able to build Omaha North into a power where. They won it back-to-back in 2013 and 2014, and Calvin Strong um, was an outstanding running back, You know, broke the Nebraska high school um, state record um, as, as a running back. So that really jumped out to me. But I will also say uh, the very first Bellevue West one was special to me too. They beat Omaha North of all teams in the finals. But my best friend from growing up and his dad was my coach um, as a youth. Um, was the offensive line coach for Bellevue West, Matt Moore. And I was the sideline reporter for the game on NET. And it was just, you know, I've been around a lot of games, but when your best friend that literally was the best man in your wedding is involved in something and you're just right next to him, um, that was a, a special, special deal just to, to see someone that you've known since the age of five um, get a championship. And his offensive line dominated Omaha North. And Omaha North was supposed to win that game. And Bellevue West just blew him out. Wow. Uh, the final score of that game was 43-6. to Jalen Bradley went off. You got any, Robin? You know, I'm not nearly as tuned in to the state football stuff because you're at all of them. I kind of just catch them uh, when I do. But the one that I always remembers the uh, the the Southeast one when they had, uh, you know, uh, Gifford, Sam, or not Gifford, uh, Cotton, Sam Cotton and Gerald Foster. And that, I just remember just tuning into that one because there was, you know, a bunch of Husker recruits on there and, being able to cover those guys after that fact, um, you know, it was, it was pretty fun to watch. I, I don't know for whatever reason. When I think back on Class A state title games, that's the one that immediately jumps into my head. And I'll, I'll throw one out and B. I do think when York won it, that was pretty special because um, they built quite a dynasty there of guys, and they did it the right way. You know, York's not in Omaha or Lincoln. They have to work with the kids they have. And Glenn Snodgrass, just to see him, you know, handle Omaha scut. Um, that that was you just don't see that that much anymore in, in, in Nebraska high school sports where the team outside Omaha Lincoln can can handle you know somebody like Scud in that game and I think uh, York went on to win basketball that year if I'm not mistaken and either got first or second in track so they uh, that was another one for me just to see kind of hard work 
pay off. Uh, but lots of good ones, and I am always a fan. I'm glad the games are in back or back inside Memorial Stadium. It was tough last year um, not having them all in one place. But uh, that wraps it up in the mailbag. When we come back on the show, we're going to be joined by Tom Kakert of HawkeyeReport.com. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show, final segment of the program as we're getting you ready for Black Friday, Nebraska and Iowa, uh, the Heroes Trophy game. Um, no longer a high V sponsorship. Um, it's uh, brought to you by Shields this year and uh, pr- pleased to bring in um, our next guest to the program Tom Cakehart, uh, the publisher of HawkeyeReport.com, longtime friend of mine. Um, and Tom, I'm looking forward to seeing you out here in Lincoln uh, for this Black Friday showdown. Yeah, and I just looked at the weather forecast, and it's supposed to be nice. Yeah, it's warming up here. Uh, I mean, we're, we're looking good weather all week. Um, so, it, you know, you talk about conditions. It's been great all year. Uh, for even this week, last weekend in Madison, it was fifty degrees for Nebraska, Wisconsin on November eighteenth. I mean, you're not going to get much better than that. No, it's uh, you know I've been to some cold days at Lincoln, and and there's a couple that have been really nice, and this looks like it's going to be one of those really nice days in Lincoln. So it'll be uh, maybe a good. Uh, hopefully, we'll get good weather and a good football game. Well, yeah, Tom, give me your feel of Iowa right now. I mean, they're a nine and two team. They're ranked squarely in the top 20 of the college football playoff poll. Um, great chance to obviously finish out 10 and two. Um, but you get the sense, obviously there's probably some disappointment um, because, you know, this is probably a, a fan base that thought, you know what, maybe 12 and zero was a real possibility when you guys came in as high as number two in those uh, early college football playoff polls. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, I think everybody got pretty excited after that Penn State game, but uh, Purdue and Jeff Brom has Iowa's number, and uh, they did a number on him, and then, uh, you know, the trip to Wisconsin, and they lose that game. Uh, it, it's been an interesting year because it's been a struggle offen- offensively for Iowa all year. They haven't been able to run the ball at a consistent rate, uh, which is kind of the hallmark of Iowa football, to be able to run the ball. And it's been up and down at best. Um, a lot of movement along the offensive line. Uh, but the one thing that's kind of kept them afloat is the fact that they're turning people over left and right. And if you can do that, um, it, you know, last week was uh, the Illinois game was a classic example of Iowa football this year where they had one touchdown on offense, one touchdown on defense, and one touchdown on special teams. And that's kind of their path to victory. Yeah, and, and you look at this game with Nebraska, I'm sure um, you were just as surprised as many people that Nebraska's a favorite, Tom, as a 3-8 and team yeah. in Memorial Stadium. But, I mean, the, the running joke is Nebraska is like the best 3-8 and football team of all time as um, all of their losses have been by nine points or less. Seven of them have been by um, one score or less. Um, and obviously, Nebraska, once again, a one-score loser. I mean, what was your reaction to that point spread? What's your read on why the odds makers have Nebraska favored on Saturday? Yeah, on Friday, surprise, excuse me. <laughs> I think it. Yeah, I, I think it's a wasn't a huge surprise. Um, I'd seen like an earlier line that thought it might be like a pick 'em or something, and I thought, well, that makes sense. Um, 
you know, so I just kind of figured that uh, it would be somewhere between Pickham and, you know, a three-point Nebraska favorite. And I think it just comes down to the fact that Nebraska played really well against uh, against Wisconsin. They've been close. They've been in all these games. And they have an offense that can score points. And Iowa's offense is a struggle. It just is. And uh, Iowa's offense is like, uh, you know, you look at the Big Ten rankings uh, uh, from total offense perspective, and Iowa's is near the bottom, and Nebraska's uh, put up good offensive numbers all year. I'm looking at the Iowa quarterback situation, and obviously Spencer Petras um, is who Nebraska is familiar with from a year ago. Um, but you know Padilla um, has has been the guy. I mean, what wh- give give us a update um, on that quarterback room and how it's being handled. <laughs> it's been interesting because I think that there was a lot of well, I know there was a lot of Iowa fans. But all I had to do is read my message boards. Uh, um, there's a lot of Iowa fans that have been longing. They were longing for uh, Alex Padilla to get in there and get a chance. Uh, and then at, at, uh, against Wisconsin. Um, uh, Spencer Petras got, got thrown to the ground, hurt his shoulder a little bit. Uh, he tried to start the Northwestern game, went three series, and it was very apparent that he couldn't throw the football the way he needed to throw the football. Uh, so uh, Padilla came in, led them to a win. Uh, Spencer wasn't ready the next week, so he started again, got a win, um, and now um, you know started against uh, Illinois and uh, got another win. So I would suspect that they're going to keep playing. The, um, Brian Ferentz kind of told us last week, uh, he's the offensive coordinator, said they're kind of playing the hot hand at this point. So I, I would suspect that even though Spencer was fully cleared to, to go and, and uh, seems like he's ready to go, he threw the ball well in pregame, that um, unless something happens or he, maybe if Alex Padilla struggles, they're going to – stick with uh, Padilla, but I could see more of a, an opportunity on the road to uh, perhaps make a switch. Here's the thing I thought, though, because uh, Padilla is kind of like the fan favorite right now that always the backup quarterback is. Uh, I kind of thought, well, maybe they're, um, they they wouldn't want to make a change uh, and go back to uh, Spencer at Kinnick Stadium because it would just kind of maybe be a little ugly with the fan reaction. So, but maybe on the road it won't be as bad. Tom, Iowa has a significant advantage in this game in special teams. I mean, Nebraska is one of the bottom five or ten units overall in the country. Is that an area you think Iowa said, look, we've, we've got to expose them in the return game, the kicking game. We've got to find a way to really you know, make th- those numbers play out to come out of Lincoln with a win this week. Oh, 100%. Um, and that's kind of a, a point of pride for Iowa. You know, a few years back, they actually went to uh, and made LeVar Woods the special teams coordinator. And that's his job is that he just works on special teams. And we've seen them, you know, kind of try some different things, try some trick things a few years back. Um, not as much these days, but they've got one of the best punters in the country and Tori Taylor. Um, and he's really good dropping balls inside the 20-yard line on a regular basis. Uh, Caleb Shudak made uh, four or five field goals this past weekend, including uh, one from uh, beyond 50 yards. He's a really good kicker, very accurate uh, all season. And uh, and then you know Charlie Jones is one of the best return guys in the country. 
uh, in my opinion, he handles punts and uh, kickoffs, and he's just, I, I kind of call him like Evil Knievel because he just kind of, you know, he'll take it in traffic and try and make something happen. He ran one back for a uh, 100-yard touchdown uh, this past weekend against Illinois and kind of changed that game uh, at that point in time. As we wrap things up here with Tom Caker from HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, um, do you expect a lot of Iowa fans uh, to get out to Lincoln? It's a 12.30 kick, which I think is really good. It's a lot better than 11.30. just gives fans, obviously, a little bit more time to drive in on Friday, come to the game, and shake off some turkey from the night before. Um, you know, What's your read on Hawkeye fans coming out to Lincoln for this one? Yeah, I think there'll be a good amount of fans there. Um, probably would have been better if or more fans if they, um, you know, knew that uh, Iowa. If Iowa won, they'd be going to a Big Ten title game or something. Maybe more people would show up, like you know, the 2015 game out there where there were a lot of Iowa fans at, at that game. But uh, I think there'll be quite a few people, and you know, they want. Uh, there's a lot of Iowa fans in the Omaha Council Bluffs area that like to make that trip. Well, Tom, I'm looking forward to uh, getting a chance to see you on uh, Black Friday here. Yeah. It's kind of become, I mean, it's something that was forced on us this uh, this Heroes Trophy game, but it really has become a fun tradition. Uh, this will be the 11th straight year Nebraska and Iowa have met now on Black Friday. Yeah, and it even worked out when those uh, you know it didn't look like it was going to happen for uh, the pandemic saved it. <laughs> The pandemic saved us, and we still got it uh, uh, Black Friday anyway, so it's awesome. Well, make sure you log on to HuskerOnline.com. We'll have full coverage of the recruiting weekend and obviously everything from Nebraska and Iowa on Black Friday. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.